Thanks, ladies. Are we blessed or what? You know, unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, there's lots of opportunities to, to be together and to, you know, to serve. And as, you know, as, as they said, you know, to, you know, to feel the fire, you know, the, the spiritual high that you feel, you know, coming out of things like that or, you know, th- those are amazing times, amazing uh you know, and I want to thank everyone who's contributed over the year to, you know, to help pay for, to defray some of the costs involved in, uh, and uh, being a blessing to these, to these girls. And, you know, last week I talked about, you know, the church coming together and there were so many people who, you know, to, to, you know, to be that miracle for other people, you know, and I've often wondered, okay, you know, What's the church going to look like in 20 years? What's it going to look like in 30 years? You know, and, and my prayer is, ladies, that you and your families will, you know, still be a part of this church. And if, if so, then, you know, the future of North Hills just continues to go and be bright. And so, so you're not allowed to move and you have to marry guys that live around here or you gotta, you got to bring them to Springfield or something. So, okay. One day a man walks up to Jesus and he says, you know, Lord, what's the most important thing in the Bible? What's the most important thing? What, what, what should I do? And, and you know what the great commandment is. You know, we've talked about it in here lots of times. Jesus said, look, I want you to love God with all your heart and your soul and your mind and the strength. Nothing else matters more than that. That's the number one thing in life. I want you to love me. I want you to love me passionately. Nothing else matters if you don't love God passionately. Like these kids. I mean, you could feel the fire. I'm sitting here like, uh, I got goosebumps. You can feel, you know, the Holy Spirit working, not only in their life, but, but through the lives of other people. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. But God doesn't want us to just love Him half Heartedly. I'm, I know I'm going to screw this up. There was a, a meme I saw on the internet. Uh, something about God wants, he wants full custody. He doesn't just want you on the weekends. All right? You know, God wants to be, you know, a part of us and wants us to love him and to worship him all the time. He wants you to love him with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your mind and, and strength. In fact, uh, you know, as I was preparing to this, I, I went through some of the different uh, versions of the Bible and some of the paraphrases, and there's a paraphrase out there called the message. In Mark 11, verse 30, this is a paraphrase, Jesus said, love the Lord God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence and energy. And, and the one that really caught my eye there was that word passion. And that word, if, if you look in the Greek, is sort of like uh, heart. Not like your, your beating heart, but you've got to have heart. Put some muscle into it. <laughs> Put some energy into it. You've got you know, you to get in there. Uh, don't be a wimp about your relationship with Jesus. 
Don't be mamby-pamby, half-hearted. You got to go all in. Give it all you got. Jesus is saying, if you're going to follow me, you got to do it with passion. You got to give it some, some oomph. Give it some spark. Some enthusiasm. I want you to live passionately. I want you to love me and worship the Father with passion. But in our culture, you know, it's funny. It's okay to be passionate about just about everything except your faith. I can go to a rock concert uh, a few weeks ago, uh, well, about a month or so ago. Cody surprised me with tickets. And it was a Father's Day gift, and off we went. We saw Journey and Def Leppard. Not exactly a Christian show, but hey, we went down there, and we had a great time. I had fun. Cody kept looking at me. Here I am. I'm, I'm like almost 50. I'm singing every Journey song. Don't stop. Believe. You know, I'm just singing, and he's looking at me like, holy, who's this guy? You know, what's going on? You know? He's like, man, you know all the words to all those songs. And I'm like, oh, you don't know any good music. So anyways, I did the same thing with Def Leppard. And we, had, we had a great time. But it was great. I was up there. I lost my mind. I'm singing. I'm, I'm jamming. I'm doing the whole thing. And, and everybody else was in the whole place. Of course, we've all been to... Baseball games or football games and you scream and yell and get all excited about it. I've seen, you know, soccer moms and football dads lose their minds over, you know, silly calls or, oh, what's the coach doing? You know, they, they go crazy. A lot of passion there. I've seen people cry when they lose a game. Heck, I've cried before when we lost a game. You put a lot into it and it hurts. Nobody thinks that's a big deal. Well, my team wins. I can jump up and dance around and wave my hands in the air. If I, you know, if you do that, man, he's a real fan. He's committed. But if I do that at church, yes, yes, Jesus, woo! And people are like, what a nut. That dude's weird. What a weirdo. Don't be like that guy, you know. Then eventually you get some people who are kind of brave, and they'll just kind of, Jesus, you know, they get a little, but, but in our culture, it's okay to be passionate about just about everything except your, your faith. You try to be passionate about that, you're going to get made fun of, you're going to have people put you down, people are going to think you're weird, you're some kind of a religious nut. But when we allow God to work through us, that passion becomes, becomes manifest. You can't help it. We allow His Holy Spirit to control our lives. That's where this passion is really born from, I believe. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to be bouncing around a little bit in the New Testament. And uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 16. Let me read this to you. And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. We all have jobs to do in the church. Okay? 
until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried away by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of man, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. And he goes on and talks about the body of Christ. In other words, Paul is saying part of the, the deal is that as you become a Christian, you'll grow into spiritual maturity. That passion that you feel, and it becomes more and more part of your life as you grow and as you become... Uh, mature in your faith. Therefore, when the waves come and you get knocked around in life and things happen to you, your faith won't be shaken. There are a lot of things that can happen that can take your passion away. Um, you know, there are times, all of us, you'll be going along, things will be great, and all of a sudden life will give you a, a punch. <clears throat> oh, we weren't ready for that one. Wow, that hurt. Okay, uh, <clears throat> get myself going again, and you keep moving. Life has a tendency to do that sometimes. But all of us can live a life of passion. God wants us to live a life of passion. He wants us to worship him with passion. He wants all of us to get involved, to be a part of the body, the great body of Christ, and to live a life of passion. Well, some thoughts about this. If uh, Right there in Ephesians chapter 4, flip over to verse 30. And what I want to look at briefly here is this idea of the Holy Spirit, which we believe is the power of God. God working through us. Okay? God's holy power through which he uses to influence us, to work with us, to do the amazing things that he can do. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And it goes on, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away, along with malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving. What's he talking about here? Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. This idea of, of grieving. Well, the issue here in Ephesians, uh, looks like I got my notes screwed up here. Anyways, I'll just roll with it. Uh, yeah, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is, uh, that word grieve could also be translated into uh, disappoint. Don't disappoint the Holy Spirit. We're not to grieve the Holy Spirit. In this passage, Paul's writing about how Christians are supposed to give up the old way of life. God gives us the power to live our lives in accordance with His will. When we actively and purposefully ignore the will of God and continue to live our lives as if nothing had ever happened, we grieve the Holy Spirit. We disappoint God. Because God gave us the power to live a life 
That includes passion for him. God's given you that power. And when we fail to use that power, it'd be like if, if we were, you know, we're, we're all on the battlefield. Here comes the enemy. Oh, boy, we better dig a hole and get down in there. And old Uncle Sam, he's given every one of you a little shovel. Start digging. But you don't want to use the shovel. I don't need no shovel. I'm just going to start digging with your hands. Start digging, kicking the dirt around. Well, God wants to, to help you. He's given you the tools to be successful as well, to live a life full of joy, full of passion. And that thing, that tool is the Holy Spirit, God's power. He wants to give that to you. He wants to help you. Not to disappoint him. God gives us power to live a life of victory. To refuse to tap into that power that God wants to display through all of us. That's to disappoint God. Sure, God forgives sin. God, that's the whole gospel message. But we can disappoint him. When God gives us all the tools that we need for passion and to live a life of, with power and victory. And when we ignore that, we, we grieve the, the Spirit. We disappoint the Father. You know, a few weeks ago I spoke about, you know, living a life free of sin and one that would be pleasing to God and you know, we need to draw upon that holy power. If you flip over to Galatians, and I'm, I'm leaving some stuff out here because ladies, you were a hard act to follow, let me tell you. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Speaking of God's power here, but I say, walk by the Spirit. In you, uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under law. You're not under those, those old things. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, and he's going to list some examples here. Immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these of which I forewarn you just as I have forewarn you. Those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Kind of scary. These are people who are not drawing upon the power that God has given them. But the fruit of the Spirit, those controlled by God and His holy power, that's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now it's interesting, the idea here um, back in verse 16, walk by the Spirit. I looked up the Greek word for that word walk, and it, the way the word is, it indicates 
action. Continual action. Like walking a, or like around a track. You, you just keep going. You just keep going. There's really no beginning or end. You just keep walking. Keep walking the walk. You don't stop and take a break. You, you, you keep moving. Walk in the Spirit indicates continual action. It's like an obstacle course. You get over one thing, you just keep going. Go to the next one. Keep moving. It implies progress. It's a, it's a behavior that submits to the Spirit's control. And you'll grow in your spiritual life. You know what the worst sin is for Christians? I think the girls hit on it this morning. They talked about it in a roundabout way. You know, the worst sin for Christians is not adultery. It's not murder. It's not some sort of sexual perversion. God tells us in Revelation 3. And in Revelation 3, Jesus is talking about one of the churches... And um, what he tells this church in uh, Revelation chapter 3, verse 15, Jesus really has a problem with this. He says, I know your deeds. He's talking to this church. I know your deeds, that you're neither hot nor cold. I wish you were cold or hot, one or the other. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. What a graphic display. It would be like taking a, a cup of, of, of lukewarm coffee or just kind of like, Bleh. I'd rather you have been a nice cold uh, coffee, iced coffee or a nice hot cup of joe, but this, this in the middle stuff ain't going to get it. And the, the message here at least for this church, Jesus is saying to them, look, you're not living a life of passion. One of the worst sins for Christian is, is this idea of no passion. You know, God is just one of the things in my life. You know, I got a social life. I got my career life. Uh, I got my sexual life. I got my family life. I've got all of these things. And, you know, you got a little piece of the pie called the church, they're, they're over there. You know, but God is saying, look, I'd rather you either be all in or, or not in at all. This lukewarm stuff, that's not getting it. That's not why God created man. That's not why God sent Christ to die for our sins so that we could live a life with power. Free from the old ways. Jesus says, I'd rather you be hot or cold. Lukewarmness makes me sick to my stomach. C.S. Lewis wrote in a book, the only thing Christianity cannot be is moderately important. Moderately important. If Jesus is the Son of God, and he died and loved you that much. You owe him the rest of your life. Not a little bit. We owe him every spare minute. 
That's the challenge for me as much as it is for anybody else because I surely don't do that as much as I want to. I want to live a life of passion in devotion to God with thankfulness. Every minute of it, every spare minute. The only thing Christianity cannot be is moderately important. It either deserves your entire life or nothing. I know that's a, a severe challenge. When I was younger, I'd always bristle at that. Oh, pff. I got a lot of things going on. You know, church is important. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, I got all these other things I got to do too. Where does that fit in? Jesus makes it very clear in Revelation how he feels about lukewarmness. Now, this doesn't mean you all need to become monks, put on the hair shirt, and walk around and you know hit yourself, and, and I'm going to suffer for Jesus. That's not what he's talking about. But he does want us to live a life of passion. So how are you in your passion for God? We like the girls? They want to live a life of passion. They've seen it. God has given them the Holy Spirit. They've felt it. Or are you just going through the motions? Are you red hot for God because he loves you that much? What's holding you back? Truth is, you're as, as close to God as really as you choose to be. I lived my life a long time with sort of a lukewarm kind of thing. I had a lot of knowledge. I had a lot of ideas, some talent. But I was lukewarm. And it would be rather either be all cold or be all hot, one or the other. But lukewarmness isn't going to get it. And it dawned on me, you can have as much of God as you want. And, and I, for a long time, I didn't want a whole lot of God. I wanted a little bit. I wanted some. I wanted the fellowship. I wanted the, you know, the singing the songs. But only the, the good stuff. I didn't, I didn't want any of the other stuff. But you get as much of him as you want. He's given you everything. Absolutely everything. His own son on a cross for you. You can be as passionate about God as you want. Now I understand things happen in life. We get hurt. We get knocked down. We were singing a song today. It was perfect. I can't even remember the words. But you know you... Uh, you know, when things get bad, you can get right back up. God can, I think it was going up the mountain. I got to thinking about it so much, it kept screwing up the words. I was, <laughs> I'm sitting there singing, bring me down, lead me down the mountain, over the river. Wait a minute, that ain't it. That's a wrong So You know, I'm just singing there. But there's no doubt that in the Christian life, I wish we could all live a life of passion. That's the challenge. Now, don't feel bad if you're like, man, I am, <laughs> I'm bummed out, frankly, John. I got a lot of things going on. I'm not feeling it. I'm not calling you a bad Christian. Don't think that. But God doesn't want you to stay there. 
We're meant to walk by the Spirit. Keep moving. Walk around that track. Just keep going. Keep moving. Keep moving. That's what we tell the kids first day of practice. You'll see kids that they haven't run all winter long. They'll be out there. Oh, I can't walk. Just keep moving. Just keep moving. Jimmy and I had kids running around uh, uh, for football practice. You know, run around the, the water tower out there. I mean, some of these heavy kids are just like, oh. you got little, the other dudes running back there to cheer them on and keep them going. Come on, you can make it. And we're like, just keep moving. Come on. That's what it means to walk in the Spirit. Not start a little bit. Stop. Wait till somebody's watching. Oh, better start running again. Same way in the Christian life. That's what character is. Doing the right thing when nobody's watching. So my challenge this week, consider the passion in your life for the gospel, for, for the church. I told you last week, I don't believe God needs a lot of miracles happening. Magic stuff. He's given the world the church. How passionate are you for the church? The body of Christ. God wants us to live a life of passion. I want you to think about that this week. We'll return to this next week. And, uh, and uh, so, you know, today is just sort of a you know, thermometer check. You put the thermometer in there. Let's see, where are you at? Okay, so something to think about and something to, uh, to grow with. So, shall we pray? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your words and I know that as Christians we love to read, you know, John 3.16, and we love to read, uh, you know, the, the fruits of the Spirit. But Lord, we also are mindful that the Scriptures challenge us from time to time to test ourselves, you know, where are we in terms of our relationship with you? Father, we know that you loved us passionately um, with great devotion and love. Lord, help us to, to find that Holy Spirit, to rely on your power, to, to lift us up, to go on to the next level, to live the life. God, help us today to live a life of passion. We love you today in Jesus' name. Amen.